Hey, this is Rich. This is Cass. This is Jacob. This is Luke. Yes, Salut, c'est Jonathan Mercier. Welcome to the Hillsong Creative Micropod. Hey everyone, welcome to the Hillsong Creative Podcast. Uh, my name is Autumn Stara. I'm one of the creative pastors here at Hillsong. Uh, Rich Langton is obviously away today. He will be back on the next episode. So today you get me. Um, and I'm really excited. We had our creative team night in Sydney last night and Jad Gillies, who's one of our amazing worship leaders, spoke an unbelievable message to our entire team and we wanted to make it available to you. Many of you know and love Jad. If you don't, he's um, he's been a part of Hillsong United for as long as it's been. Um, he's one of our worship leaders. Um, he oversees our worship team here in Australia, and he's just the real deal and such a gift to our team. Uh, and in this session, really unpacks his personal revelation of worship, uh, as well as our responsibility as worshipers during this season. This message really blessed me personally, and I, I pray that it does the same for you. It kind of really got into our hearts and spirits, and we wanted to make sure you had an opportunity to hear this. So be encouraged. We hope you enjoy this. You guys can all be seated. Thank you so much for coming tonight. Um, massive, uh, massive just hi, and, and um, thanks for joining us to anybody who's joining us outside of this room. I'm really excited that we have the reach now to kind of connect with all of our team. And when you think about it around the globe, Hillsong Creative is represented everywhere you can think about. Don't you think that's amazing? You have your own creative family that is all throughout Europe, in Africa, the United States, into Canada. It's crazy. I think it's amazing. You guys don't seem that pumped about it, though. <laughs> This team is amazing, and, um, and what it is that we represent and who we represent is, um, is the reason we come and the reason we gather and the reason we serve, amen. I'm so, um, I'm so pumped to, uh, to be speaking to you, and I'm going to get on with it because I'm, oh, look, at, I'm, already, I'm already all over the shop. I'm not very good at this stuff, guys. Just bear with me. I did that. I said that so that you guys would like would would like encourage me. So thank you very much. I am now encouraged. <laughs> hey, um, does anyone go camping? All right, I got some campers. Now, who, when I said camping, they uh, they like immediately was just like, ah, uh, nope, that is not me. All right, well, you're just gonna have to bear with me because I'm telling a story about camping. Yes, I am. Yes. I have some friends and we go, we go out and about in our trucks, you know, like we're total hillbillies, it's great. And we, <laughs> we go camping and we try, um, try not to, we try to like drive our, our cars up mountains and, and um, you know, try not to bring them home with too much damage. And if we do, we try and park it so that our wives can't see it. All that kind of fun stuff, you know. And, uh, and we go camping and it's amazing and uh, not so long ago, we, we were on a camping trip and we decided just on the, on the, off the cuff to camp on a beach called Belmont Beach. And um, it's very sandy, yes, that, because it's a beach, I found out. So, um, but anyway, we sit up on the beach 
and then we start looking at the weather and we can see that like there's there might be some storms about to roll through so we decide you know what we start you know fortifying the camp you know I'm like reinforcing my awning and you know like I'm not going to mention the guys that were with me because like I'm going to mock them a bit later on so I can't really mention them now um <laughs> So we go, we go about trying to reinforce the camp. You know, we get two of those cheap gazebos you get from like um, Bunnings and we kind of strap them together and we tie them again, one end against a fence and one end against the front of someone's car. And, <laughs> and we do our very best to prepare for the incoming storms. And um, sure enough, about 10 p.m., it starts to rain and it rains so much that there's just literally nowhere you can hide. We're underneath these big gazebos, but the rain's pretty much coming in sideways. It's cold. Um, we've got a couple of guys who aren't as prepared as, other, as, as some of the others. And um, they're just basically hoping for the best, you know. And um, we put one of them underneath the gazebo, and we're trying to, like, make it good. And we, we end up going to bed, and about midnight a storm rolls through, and I think, you know, uh, it's pretty wet. I managed to stay dry. And then about 2 a.m., another storm rolls through, and it is a doozy. It is a big one. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to sleep, but I just hear this massive noise, like a, a banging and a crashing and whatever. And so we kind of, we kind of get out of our little tent things, and, um, and we find that the two gazebos that we'd tied together are basically folded up like... They just basically look like a big spider rolling through the sand dunes. You know, metal and... And it's two in the morning. We're running around in our undies in the pouring rain trying to secure this uh, gazebo because, you know, you don't want it to roll down the beach and kill someone. You know, that, that, would, be, that would be a bad day, right? So, so we're, we're like out there in our undies and it's pouring rain. It's freezing cold. We're trying to strap what's left of these two gazebos to a fence. And, um, and uh, you know, we kind of go back to bed all sandy and wet, and um, it was just a lovely time. Uh, but, but I wake up the next morning and I'm relatively dry. There was a couple in our crew, but let's just say the PJs were damp, guys. They did not survive the storm. The mattresses needed drying out and all that kind of thing. And I tell that story because it would be amazing if, if like every time we went camping, you could guarantee the weather would be perfect. Like it would just be awesome. You know, like on a hot night, just a mild breeze, just to, just to kind of take the humidity away. Obviously, the stars are out, so when you're sitting at the fire, you can just look at the stars. You know, that's good for conversation. So, you know, it would be awesome if it was perfect, but to be honest, it's just not the reality, is it? Uh, the camping kind of mantra is expect the best, but prepare for the worst. And, um, and what I've learned is to pre expect prevailing winds. Expect those kind of winds that could do some damage. Funny thing, when I pull into camp, um, I'm looking at the weather and I look at which way the wind's blowing. And uh, once I figure out which way the wind's blowing, then I get my little compass on my phone and I try and figure out which way to park my car so that I have the most amount of shelter. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just what you do, guys. It's just the inside track, just, so, you know, help, just trying to help you guys out. But I'm trying to prepare. I get the information that I've been given, and I've got the gear, and so I try and prepare, and I, and I give myself the best chance of staying dry. Not like Eddie and Mush, who got their 
Pajamas wet. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I couldn't hold on to it any longer, guys. It was like burning a hole in my soul. <laughs> What's great about that story was it took seven minutes. So that's terrible. Anyway, John 16, 33, it says, I've told you these things so that you may in me have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Take heart, I have overcome the world. Have you ever heard um, in a movie or have you heard a president of, of a nation say that they are on a war footing? Have you ever heard that? No? A war footing. A war footing basically just means it's, a, it's the conditional statement of a military force. I'm, this is Oxford Dictionary right here, guys. The conditional status of a military force or other organization when operating under, a, operating under a state of war or as if a state of war existed. Basically, it just means that you're in a state of maintained readiness, prepared for imminent battle. So we're talking, we're talking like, you know, the naval fleet is in striking distance. We're talking about all military assets ready for deployment at a moment's notice. That's what a war footing means. Put it this way, it's the difference between having your armor on and weapons at the ready, or you're just getting around in your PJs watching Gossip Girl. You know, that's, that's the difference, you know? I'm looking at you, JD. Anyway. <clears throat> Basically, you know the attack is coming, but you're prepared for the battle. A war footing is proactive and prepared. A war footing is deliberate and measured. And a war footing has surveyed the enemy and prepared accordingly. It's a state of when, not if, right? I love in Ephesians 6, the passage uh, where it talks about the full armor of God. Anybody, anybody have that poster in their bedroom when they were a kid? Because I sure did. No one else? Okay, my bad. Um, but I love it because you taught it in Sunday school, but it never loses its relevance in your life. I just love this one, the one, uh, the one verse here. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's, it's quite long. But verse 12 in Ephesians 6 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And it says, Therefore put on the full armor of God. So this team, whether you serve on the platform or in a control room, with a microphone or with a console, you're a worshiper. It's just what it is. Because we can't, we can't just kind of cheapen worship down to being lyrics and songs and music. We can't do that. So we, I just thought I'd get that out of the way very quickly. <laughs> but after the last 12 months, I just felt like we could take a time, take a little bit of time, and talk about being a team made up of people that have a little bit of grit. Have a little bit of steel in our confession. People who will stand their ground against the enemy. And having done all, still to stand. I want to talk about what it's like to live on a worship footing. A worship footing is our, is our war footing. Worship is our war footing. Tim Keller um, talks about uh, worship being something that treasures God. He ponders his worth, and then we do something about it. You give him what he's worth. And I would say it's far more than lyrics and songs. I watched, um, I went to the Evil Good uh, premiere last night uh, with Eli Scoto's dad. 
and uh, it's the story of his life as a policeman in Phoenix. I'm not going to give away too much, but there was one there was one part in the in the film where he was under attack, and so he was in this state of constant vigilance and hyper readiness to you know at any time that, that there could be an attempt on him or his family, and so he was ready at, at a moment's notice to react and respond. And it just made me think about the way that we worship. It made me think about the way that we live our lives. And I just thought, what is, what is living, what does being on a worship footing look like? To me, being on a worship footing looks like making time for devotion. It looks like depending on Jesus before troubles arise. It's declaring that Jesus is my protector before I need protection. It's confessing that Jesus is my provider before I need provision. It's professing that Jesus is my healer before I need healing. That He is my hope before I'm disappointed or hurt. Calling Him my best friend before I'm ever lonely. Declaring Him my peace before I'm in turmoil. Finding my rest in Him before I'm weary. It means making time for Him when nobody is watching. It means daily believing in my heart and confessing with my lips that He is Lord. That's what being on a worship footing is. It means not waiting until you need Him to call upon His name. It means not waiting until you feel it. Can we talk about feeling it? Can we? Can we? Come on, guys. Can we talk about feeling it? Yeah, like I, I didn't really feel worship today. Like it was cool, but I didn't really feel it. Newsflash, it ain't about you, champ. Also, um, you know when you're on the platform with a microphone or you're doing your thing on stage, everyone expects you to go hard because you're the worship team. Everyone expects you to do your very best because you're on the worship team. Don't forget they're watching you when you're in the pews as well. I want to see people leading our church from the pews. That's what I want to see. When our department, when our team, when our worship people, when you're not on the platform, man, your contribution is just as valuable in the pews. So when we talk about I wasn't feeling it, that's a problem for us. Eugene Peterson, um, Cash sent me this quote. I thought it was amazing. Eugene Peterson says, um, worship is an act that develops feelings for God. Not a feeling for God that is expressed in an act of worship. So we don't arrive at worship and go, oh, come on, God. I need that feeling. I need, I need you to stir me up so I can, so I can f- have affection towards you. No, it's like a muscle that we work out every day. It's a perspective that we look to every day. Then we can't wait to get into a room full of faith-filled worshippers and lift our hands. These are the things that worshippers do. They lead the way. It's the practice of this devotion that prepares our hands for war and our fingers for battle. Like Psalm 144 says, He prepares our hands for war and our fingers for battle. But how does he do that? 
We don't necessarily go to boot camp. Um, the song before, Danny, where are you, Danny? You, you sing about magnifying the Lord. You want, to build a, you want to build faith in your life. You want to develop faith, a life, a life of faith, a perspective of faith. You magnify the Lord. That's what you do. Magnifying just means, it, uh, you know, angular magnification. It, it means bringing the object that you're focusing on closer to the eye than the eye would normally focus. That's what magnifying means. So if you want to grow the faith, you magnify Jesus. You fixate on his character. You meditate on who he is. And the Bible says faith comes through the hearing of the word about Jesus. Well, there's nothing more powerful than confessing it yourself. These are the things that worshippers do. They understand who Jesus is, what he has done, and what he will do, what he promises us. Read Ephesians. Figure out where it is that we're, where he's placed us and what we inherit in Christ. These are the things that worshippers do. This puts us on a worship footing. I think we're all sometimes guilty of the spare tire situation. You know, like uh, people who designed cars and then they got a flat tire and they were like, oh, maybe we should have, maybe we should have added a spare tire just in case we ever got a flat. I reckon that happened. I reckon they, they, they made the first car and they were like, this thing's amazing. And then they were driving down the road and they got a flat tire and then they were like, oh, we only have four. But that can be us sometimes. Oh God, I'm being attacked. I need, you to, I need you to help me. I need you to defend me. I need your wisdom. And God's like, yeah, well, I needed you. I needed you to be chasing after me, man. Because I would have given you the keys. I would have given you this. And we're, no, we're, we're never too far gone. But like I said, when we're on a worship footing, we're prepared. We understand that there is an enemy. We understand that who he is and God's warned us about what he can do. And when we prepare ourselves, when we put ourselves on a faith and worship footing, we prepare ourselves for an attack. And sometimes we only focus on the first part of that John 16, 33. In this world, you will have trouble. It's like in this world, you will have trouble. Full stop. Isn't that a shame? It's just what we've got to live with, guys. It's just one of those things. <laughs> Oh, well, but it doesn't stop there. It says, but take heart for I have overcome the world. These are some of the things that we have to grasp hold of. I'm guilty of going, oh, it is what it is. Can't do anything about it. To be honest, it's laziness. Yep, just called myself lazy. It, it, it was never, you guys knew. It was never a secret, right? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're blessed in countries like Australia, to have like relative freedom when it comes to who we worship, the way we worship, where we worship. But in comparison to those being actually persecuted for their faith, things are a little more life and death than what we're accustomed to. People that are featured in some of the Open Doors stories, you know, when Mike Gore was talking about them a couple of weeks ago, for them, they actually live in a world where they expect to be attacked. They expect there to be hardship and persecution. It's just something that they've resigned to. But it makes their faith all the stronger in the process. Man, let's just, 
let's just try not to be so comfortable and so used to the way we can control our lives that we forget that we need to prepare ourselves. We need to allow God to prepare our hands for battle and our fingers for war, uh, the other way around, hands for war, fingers for battle. There's only one way to do it. And that's to chase hard after God. I get surprised and inconvenienced when the slightest bit of opposition appears in the face of whatever I'm trying to achieve. You know, I'm like, oh man, that's crazy. The devil's really attacking me this week. It's raining for school pickup. Got to get out of the car. Got to walk across the parking lot in the rain. I didn't even bring an umbrella, so he's attacking me double now. Can't find it. Actually, my wife took my umbrella. That always happens. That's when you know the devil's attacking you real bad, eh? But we can get like that, the slightest inconvenience, and we're like, whoa, 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 what is going on with this world? When in actual fact, there are people losing their lives. It's just for perspective, right? We need to gain perspective. You know what? We are, we are the army of God. And the army of God's not wussy. It's not ineffective. It's powerful and strong. Well, it's not. Kimmy knows. <laughs> we are the army of God, but we don't conquer the earth with violence and might. But we do it with brokenness and a, and a rock-solid faith in our God. But these are the things that I believe God's calling us into. I really believe that God is calling us as a team here in Australia, but also all around the world to be closer to Him. He's calling us in. He wants to prepare us. He wants to prepare us. Listen, this is what I believe, and I, I, I really do believe this. We will be the ones to change the world. The worshipers will be the ones to change the world. I believe He's preparing us to do battle. I believe He's preparing us to minister to the broken. And the last thing you want to do is get taken out because we weren't prepared. I'll give you a little, um, I want to give you a little practical thing before we worship because um, we're going to worship and we're going to pray. But I've got Psalm 145 here. And um, <clears throat> just this little uh, practical thing, this is what I do. So obviously in the, in, uh, I'm going to read a little bit of Psalm 145, but the word will, so the word will, I will exalt you, that, that word, I will, will. Replace the word will with, with a command, as in the command will, not you need to do the dishes, yeah, I will. Not that kind of a will, you know? Anyone got me on that one? When we do the dishes, yeah, I will, I will, I will. Not that kind of will, but the will where you are commanding yourself. So here we go. Read it like this. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. 
One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. Sometimes it's just a case of perspective. Sometimes when I read that and I force myself to do the whole self-command thing, it just changes that whole passage. It's not, I will one day. It's, I will command that my soul take this seriously right now. And I will praise the Lord. I think we're going to sing for a little bit, Crocker. By the way, Crocker, I mean, you guys weren't, a lot of you guys weren't here for this, but man, you're special. <laughs> Look, I think, I think you have, he's like, my bro. But I think you have a sensitivity to the Lord that, um, that few people have. And, um, and I think that what I felt in worship was, he wants to say, he wants to, say to you that, have you heard the, the phrase right on the tip of my tongue? Well, I believe there's a song coming for you and it's right on the tip of his tongue. And that's for you. And I reckon you're awesome, man. But lead us like you did before, because that was special. And then we'll pray a little bit. Is everyone cool? Is everyone okay? Because it was a little bit of a stir up. But hey, we can't just we can't just stumble through life. We are the worship team at Hillsong Church, but more than that, we are the army of God. We're anointed of the Most High God to minister to His people. We are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. Please don't take that lightly. Please don't dismiss it as you're not invited or you're not included. You are very much invited and you are very much included. We have a responsibility. A strong team is made up of strong individuals. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to worship. And I want you to give it everything you got. But understand that it's not about lyrics. And it's not so much about song words and singing but it's about a clear mandate that God is who He says He is before we ever needed Him to move in our lives. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning of the end and He's the author of our lives. Amen? Amen. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and I hope that it, hope that it's really useful to you. If the podcast is useful and helpful to you, if you're enjoying it, then I'd love to invite you to share it on social media or maybe to text it, you know, share a link with a friend. Uh, if you tag Hillsong Creative at Hillsong Creative, uh, maybe we'll repost you, I don't know. <laughs> and if, you, uh, if you're not yet subscribed, let me just take this opportunity to Uh, invite you to do that as well you'll get notified of new episodes whenever they're released also if you haven't heard we've launched a brand new podcast called the praying through the bible with hillsong creative it's designed to help you get more out of the word of god in your daily life so i'd encourage you to search hillsong creative or praying through the bible subscribe to that one too and of course obviously rate it and let us know how you're enjoying that one too well thanks again for being part of us and with us on the journey and we'll talk to you next time